Year after year after year, I hear people tell me that they do not want to pay large subscription fees or for memberships to be able to get access to content related to safety. So me and my friends here at Safety FM have come up with an idea called Safety FM Plus. This is a video streaming service that allows you to have some downloadable document content available readily wherever you are. You can go to the website safetyfmplus.com or go to the Apple Store app and download it for your iPhone, iPad, or even Apple TV. It's also available on Android and Android TV, Roku, and Fire TV. We want to be wherever you are. So to get you started, you can come to the website or download the apps as we just discussed. The other great portion about this is that if you sign up right now at safetyfmplus.com, you will get a downloadable version of Simple Revolutionary Acts, the first book by Dr. Todd Conklin as part of your membership to get into this. So go right now to safetyfmplus.com to find out more information. That is safetyfmplus.com. is brought to you by Safety FM. The following program is rated MALSV. It contains strong language, sexual situations, and violence. It is intended only for mature audiences. Finally, show with the balls to call it like it is. Rated R Safety Show on Safety FM. Countdown to audio torture. The Rated R Safety Show starts in three, two, one. Ah, let the eardrum pain begin. Forget the corporate bullshit. This is the Rated R Safety Show with your host, Dr. Uh, it doesn't matter who the host is. Well, 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 what a cluster already starting off. I love it already. Anyways, today's, what is today? Today's Wednesday, July the 22nd of 2020, day 204 of the year in only 162 days remaining before it's all over with. So I guess that's important to talk about right out of the bat and something to reference because it is important on what's going on inside of our multiverse here. So anyways, you are listening to the Rated R Safety Show, streaming to you live from the Safety FM studios. 
in Orlando, Florida. We are currently coming across on safetyfm.com, safetyfm.tv, the different multi-stages of stuff that's out there, depending on where you're taking a listen to us or watching us, ha 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 ha, or it could be later in the day and we could be via podcast format. So it just depends on what you're actually taking a view or a listen to right there. Anyway, so you know how this goes. We normally start off with some feature story news because we think that that's important. And we should get all that rolling and bowling and going. So let's do that like no different day and get it moving. And hopefully you're doing fantastic today on this hump day, which is also liquid lunch day. Probably shouldn't be doing that if you're at work. But if you're working from home, maybe that's debatable. I don't know. Take a look at it however you want. Let's get into some feature story news. Here is the news on the Raising Our Safety Show. From feature story news in Washington, I'm Rebecca Foster. The United States has ordered the closure of the Chinese consulate in Houston, Texas, in the latest escalation of tensions between the two countries. Beijing has called the surprise move outrageous and unjustified political provocation. Our Washington correspondent Nick Harper reports. The U.S. justification for the order is that the closure, which must happen by Friday, is needed in order to protect American intellectual property. The Houston consulate is just one of five Chinese consulates in the U.S., along with the embassy in Washington, D.C. Several people inside the consulate's courtyard were filmed around the time of the announcement from nearby properties burning paper. Tensions continue to rise between Washington and Beijing. Trade issues have been spurred on by recent rhetoric over coronavirus and Hong Kong, and this now comes just a day after the U.S. accused China of spying on and hacking into U.S. COVID-19 research. The daily death toll from COVID-19 in the United States has passed 1,000 for the first time in two months. Health officials are also warning not all new infections are being reported. Sarah Walton reports from New York. The grim milestone is the highest in the U.S. since May. The daily death toll had been falling steadily since then. But a recent spike that began earlier this month is being driven by hotspots in Arizona, California, Florida and Texas. The figure is still lower than the peak of more than 2,000 deaths a day in the U.S. reached in April. But the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention is warning that it's likely the number of COVID-19 cases is potentially up to 13 times higher than the reported rate for some regions. The figures come after President Trump changed his rhetoric and advised people to wear masks, saying the pandemic is likely to get worse before it gets better. The UK government is looking at offering the security services greater powers to stop foreign interference. It's in response to a report released on Tuesday about Russian influence in UK affairs, which highlighted many examples of Russian intervention in the UK's democratic process, which Russia denies. Stuart Smith has more from London. The report makes a number of recommendations on how the UK can better protect itself from foreign interference, one of which is a register of foreign officials on UK soil, similar to the United States Foreign Agents Registration Act. It requires those working on behalf of foreign governments to register with the Department of Justice and submit reports on their activities. Anyone who doesn't register but has been working for a foreign government can be deported. The report released on Tuesday by Parliament's Intelligence and Security Committee said the government failed to invest Russian influence and has taken its eye off the ball. A government minister, Grant Shapps, says the intelligence services are working on this every day of the week and that further powers are forthcoming. From bureaus worldwide, this is FSN. 
With FSN Spotlight, I'm Simon Marks with more today on the British Parliamentary Committee report that says the Russians interfered in the country's 2016 Brexit referendum and that the British government didn't do enough to uncover the truth. Moscow is dismissing the report as Russophobia and rejecting its central claims. James Ball of the Bureau of Investigative Journalism attempted to take the British government to court over its failure to release the report before the country's 2019 general election. The ISC is a very well-respected but uh, traditionally quite establishment committee. And so for it to be saying some of the criticisms of the intelligence agencies, uh, successive governments, and actually of the British establishment in some ways that it's made, is very, very stark and telling. What it isn't is a report that's going to tell you somehow that Brexit was stolen or the Scottish referendum was uh, interfered with. This is ultimately a panel of parliamentarians. It's not a sort of police or an investigative agency. It does in some ways make the delay more puzzling. It's embarrassing to the people currently in charge that they felt like the public couldn't look at this before a general election. The report says British government officials are now engaged in a game of catch-up as Russia continues to try and influence the country's political affairs. One member of the committee said the government didn't want to touch the issue with a 10-foot pole. With FSN Spotlight, I'm Simon Marks. FSN is an independent source of news for TV, radio and digital networks worldwide. You can find more of our minute-by-minute updates on Twitter. Follow us there at Feature Story. And we have a wealth of audio and video stories from our global news bureaus on Facebook. You can find us there by following Feature Story News. Stay tuned for further updates right here. But for now, that is the latest from Feature Story News. Rebecca Foster reporting. This show is almost as enjoyable as hearing the sound of the toilet flush. Rated R Safety Show on Safety FM. We at Safety FM are not responsible for what this idiot behind the microphone is saying. He is trying to be entertaining. Rated R Safety Show. Well, what do you think? Some feature story news there. Giving it to you real time in some of the quote, alleged Russian involvement in some of the things happening. Also, some conversation there. I don't know. That one guy sounded sounded a little nasally. You know, nasally. But I just wanted to reference that. I don't know why I wanted to reference that. So I will tell you right now, we are streaming across multiple networks at the same time. But there looks like there is some weather conditions going on. But we are on a backup system. So just in case we do cut out, we will be live regardless on the radio station because I'm already seeing that little jittery shit that happens when I've noticed in the past that things go down. So just want to forewarn people of that. So that's what's going on here. Um, Don't know how weather is in your neck of the woods, but just want to reference that because I always get concerned on what's going to happen. Worst case scenario, we'll post the video later if we need to do that. Anyways, thank you for taking a listen in what's going on here. So just want to make sure that you are aware that it is not your internet system. It is something going on on our end because that's what happens. So worst comes to worst, we'll try to do some fix-a-roos if we have to jump into some ads or something just so you're fully aware there. But that's what's going on anyways right now. But you know what comes up next. We have to do the disclaimer aspect. So let's do the disclaimer. Maybe drop into a song or two and I will take caller number five for a little prize pack. So here we go. We at Safety FM are not responsible for what this idiot behind the microphone is saying. He is trying to be entertaining. Rated R Safety Show. 
Well, 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 hopefully you did enjoy that one. Sorry about that. You know, have to give the prize giveaway right away at the beginning of the show because weather conditions, that's just the way that it happens. But hey, welcome to the glorious state of Florida. That's what happens around here. The other side, before I forget, maybe in the future, if we end up in a cool studio, not that this one's not cool. Maybe we'll um, not have these problems, but I doubt it because it just happens everywhere. Anyway, so let's get you started because I would say let's get going again, but it's definitely getting you started. So let's go into what we have to talk about during with the shit list. So here we go and giving you the news. Here is the news on the Rated R Safety Show. So as you are aware, I do the controversial version of the news, but we already know that. So let's go through this path as we do have the convo today. Oh, yeah, just in case you were wondering, I am supporting the Sam Goodman stuff, which safety sucks, just in case. Safetysucks.net, in case you have not checked it out. The book, definitely worth a read, especially if you're trying to get into this lovely little industry of ours. So anyways, let's go. A pilot is being called a hero by police in Berks County, Pennsylvania, after he had landed a plane in Route 422. Yeah, you heard me correctly there. Saying everyone on board, emergencies officials told a local news outlet that the pilot called an engine failure late Monday night, and he was able to navigate through the vehicles to land the plane in the highway of the exterior township. Yeah, you heard me correctly there. Local police compa- compared the young pilot's skills to those of Sully, the pilot who landed the miracle on the Hudson, even giving the nickname Exterior Sully. But I guess that's kind of the way that it works. And these are the things that happen. So, pretty good, exciting stuff there. You know, and as a pilot, I would imagine you have to kind of be prepared for everything as we do go forward. Duh. You know, I I have been hung up on the hazard matrix, but then again, I've been hung up on the hazard matrix for a long period of time, ever since I heard about it many, many moons ago. And I look at it still and go, wow, how did you hazard matrix that thing? How did you look at it and say, hey, this is what's about to happen. And this is about to what's going on. I don't know. It's something I think about all the time, but good for him. Glad to see that he was able to land. Maybe we'll get a movie out of it. Who will play this dude? Especially if they said it's a young guy. So who do you think? Anybody in particular? Is anyone coming to mind? A lot of things that come to my mind. Probably not anything worth talking about. Anyways, let's continue. A third of NYC's 230,000 small businesses may never reopen due to the coronavirus shutdown. According to the Partnership for New York City Post Pandemic Response Plan, most small businesses have less than three months worth of cash reserves, a period equal to and in some cases longer than the shutdown. The report also states that those particularly at-risk business owners are of color. So I take a look at this, and don't get me wrong, I totally understand the world of small business. And let me kind of, let me backtrack. I understand the world of small business from a perspective. I don't understand all of it. I don't think a lot of people do. And yeah, you do set, set up for a cash reserve. Of just in case of what might happen. We'll call it a rainy day fund in this case. Some people, you know, only have for a month. Some people have for more. In this case, we're talking about potentially three months. But as a small business, you don't ever plan to having a major shutdown like you are now seeing across the multiverse. So what's going to happen here? What's going to happen with these 230,000 small businesses? If they don't return and, you know, we're not going to talk about, you know, planet Starbucks 
and Planet Ikea and all these other things that people like to allude to. But the small business is kind of the heart of some small towns and some cities. So something to think about. But man, it's going to be rough thinking about all of the people that will now not have their business, number one, to go to, number two, to be able to facilitate whatever they were doing for the general community. But then you also have to take a look at it as well on how that will go in regards of unemployment. Because the transition from being a business owner to becoming an employee, I'm sure it's not an easy transition. And I'm sure people have to go through it from time to time. And I know that I'm going off kind of long here with this. But what's going to happen over the next little bit? And yes, I don't think you have a crystal ball in regards to being able to predict the future, even though some people say that they can. But how do you look at it? How do you look at this whole thing? Do you think that businesses should open regardless? Or do you think there should be some cash infusion from the government? I mean, there's so many different conversations here that can be had. But I'm going to tell you this, regardless of how you want to look at it. If you have a pizza and you cut it into eight slices, you still have a whole pizza. If you take a pizza and you cut it into 32 slices, it's still a whole pizza. Regardless of how many slices you cut, it's still one. So no matter what you decide to do there, just want to bring that up because I know that can get confusing quick. What did he just say? We at Safety FM don't always agree with the viewpoints of our hosts and guests. Now back to real safety talk on Safety FM. So I'm going to tell you, did you have any plans for going to the Bahamas? Did you? Did you? Because I got some bad news. U.S. travelers have been banned from heading to the Bahamas this summer. Yeah, you heard me. The popular tourist destination who reopened its borders three weeks ago is still allowing international flights from Canada the UK, and the EU. However, the decision comes after recent spike in coronavirus. Now, wasn't them a few a few weeks ago that they were saying, hey, that they were giving people like a year-long stamp that they could come in and out as they wanted to? So what the hell happened now? So you see the spike, and then all of a sudden now, boom, we're done. You can't go. Can't go to the Bahamas. Excuse me. You know, those bubbly sodas. Or drinks, because this is not really a soda. I probably shouldn't flash the can. Anyways, so think about this for a moment as we talk about it, because it's, it's always that difficult conversation. It's always that convo of going, okay, why are people from the U.S. being banned from more and more places? Are we really not taking care of what needs to be done? I, I was having a conversation with a friend of mine from abroad, and he says, listen, the country that I'm in, we're using science in regards to what we're doing. It sounds like the country that you're in is using science fiction for what they're doing. I don't know. I didn't say it. I was just taking a listen to what he said. Just think about it however you want there safety in a way never heard of before the radio 
Rated R Safety Show on Safety FM. Anyways, the Department of Justice has charged two Chinese hackers with trying to steal COVID-19 research and other sensitive information from U.S. businesses and government agencies. A 34-year-old and a 31-year-old are facing 11 counts of indictment that alleges that they hacked into the computer systems of thousands of companies, governments, organizations, and individuals, descendants, and clergy. The DOJ believes that their decade-long con was not only for personal financial gain, but also to benefit the Chinese government. China has not yet responded to the charges. Is somebody going to say that this is TikTok? Okay, just joking there. Totally joking. Don't want to get in trouble for that one. So, years. Decade long. Decade long. So, let's kind of backtrack. Chinese hackers with trying to steal COVID-19 research. Further down the story. Decade long con. 34-year-old and 31-year-old, 24, 21, 10 years ago, 11 counts. Well, I'm going to tell you that 10 years ago, they weren't doing shit about COVID-19, but you already knew I was going to say that. So what are you thinking? I mean, like, really? Like, really, really? Really? So there has to be more to the con. Like, what were they conning? What were they doing? What were they talking about? What was the stuff that you believed that they were actually transferring back and forth? And these are the bullshit stories that piss me off, but I want to talk about them sometimes. Because normal person (laughs) would just leave it there. But you know me. I'm not going to leave it there. I go, this is a story that makes no sense. So hacking for COVID-19 10 years ago. So now are we about to open a conspiracy? Are we going to find out more information that we did not know about? I was watching a video a few days ago. I had to bring this up because it's quite hilarious. And there was a video of the president who walked 17 steps. And they were saying that it is a hidden, (laughs) hidden information on what he was trying to say. Count how many letters are 17 if you go number sequence and the letter means what you think it means. I look at these things and I go, where the hell do some of these conspiracies come up from? And I know that I'm kind of going down the deep, dark rabbit hole Duh. with the other one. But man, you have I have to tell you, you can become so jaded from time to time as you look into some of these news stories and you go sometimes... I love shooting the shit when it comes to speaking with safety professionals because I do that a lot. As you can imagine, I'm quite a talker. But I look at this and I go, okay, how do we come up with some of these conspiracies? And boy, I'm going to tell you when we get to the main story, it's going to be real interesting when we start talking about conspiracies. Anyways, let's continue. Redwood City, California quietly removes its Black Lives Matters mural from the city street after residents asked to paint, are you ready for this? 
MAGA 2020 on the same road. According to local news outlets, Dan Pease received permission from the city officials to paint Black Lives Matters on Broadway Street and even supplied him with yellow posters paint from the city. Well, cool there. Meanwhile, Maria Ruthenberg asked the city if she could paint her own MAGA 2020 as the street was now a public forum. Instead of responding to her request, the city promptly removed the BLM mural saying that the signs was a traffic hazard and might cause accidents. So what do you think? What do you think when I say stuff like that? What do you think about when I mention this and I go, hey, this is what's taking place? Do you think it's a double standard? We are talking about California. I like it there. Very beautiful. By the way, I did a pretty interesting interview yesterday out of California. And yes, I was the one being interviewed. And here's the other thing. It was not a safety show. <laughs> Long story there, but I don't know if I should go into that yet. We can probably talk about it at a future date. I'm probably ahead of the schedule because I do that shit a lot. Um, but anyway, so I take a look at this and I go, so what do you think? Is it a double standard? So how would you look at this? Looking one side to the other, if the MAGA 2020 was there and then somebody asked to put the BLM portion and then that was removed and said, no, it's the same sequence. I don't know. I'm kind of always mixed review kind of guy. Oh, yeah. Back there or back there is playing with the sound. That's why you're seeing it jumping. For those listening in radio land, that's the light behind me. It tends to move with my voice. Ha. <laughs> just so you know anyway so let's continue so interesting stuff there i don't know what you think about the news story but love to hear that's for sure a woman in brannard minnesota climbed into an alligator pit with her young son to fetch her wallet i wonder how much cash was in that the crazy scene played out at the safari north wild park with stunned onlookers watching the duo risk life and limb the woman's wallet was floating in the middle of a small pond full of gators, which her daring son was determined to get back. The wallet was recovered, and the mother-son tag team was able to leave the enclosure with their lives and limbs intact. The zoo is looking into pressing charges against the woman for child endangerment. Okay. Let's talk about this. Let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. So, the zoo's pressing charges are looking into pressing charges. What do you think this lady had in her wallet? And no, this is not an ad, because it could sound a lot like one. But what the hell was in her wallet that was so important? Do you think it was just straight cash? Because I'll tell you, I carry my cards with me, and I did use the word plural. But come on. If I drop my wallet inside of an area where there's a shitload of alligators and keep in mind I'm where I am located, I'm not going in after it. And I'm definitely not sending any of my daughters in there to go after it either. But that's just kind of the way that I look at it. But you know me, I tend to say a lot of shit that gets me in trouble. You are listening to a radio god. What? This has to be an error. That host is not a radio god. Anyways, this is the Rated R Safety Show on Safety FM. Okay, so let's continue down the path real quick. An epidemiologist, professor at Yale School of Public Health, said Thursday, or Tuesday, better saying, because it's definitely not Thursday, 
that he believes that hydroxychloroquine could save 75,000 to 100,000 lives if the drug is used to treat coronavirus. Dr. Harvey Rich told Laura Ingram that while there were, are many doctors who are opposed to using it, saying that the evidence is bad, Dr. Harvey says that that is not true at all. He explained that the drug can be used as a front runner in line as other countries have done so far. Dr. Harvey also touched in the fact that propaganda war is being waged against the use of the drug for political purposes and not based on medical facts. Okay. So what are you thinking? If you have the opportunity of taking the drug, would you do it? Or do you think that it's a bad idea? Or do you think that we should be waiting for a vaccine? Or do you think that the vaccine is because of some weird stuff that people are putting on the internet that's supposed to be taking place if you have the vaccine? I'm just asking the question. You know, you know what you read online. You know the strange things that are out there. There's a lot of strange stuff. Let, let's just not let's not lie here. And the algorithm plays a big factor into what strangeness you see. I dig into it all as much as I can. But man, a lot of sleepless nights going into some of this stuff. Easy to do. Anyways, the market was mixed as the Dow and S&P 500 saw gains, while the tech-heavy Nasdaq composite suffered a loss. Energy and industrial stocks were among the biggest earners. Chevron and Exxon Mobil enjoyed a strong session in which investors saw U.S. oil futures increase by 2.8%. Growth stocks such as eBay and Tesla took a plunge on Tuesday, along with the technology sector in general. Tesla is due to record earnings after closing bell today. So a lot of people will be excited about Tesla, maybe some more than others. But we kind of already knew that. We are now video streaming the Rated R Safety Show. I don't know why our host has a face for radio. Rated R Safety Show. Okay, a New York City men's rights attorney has been identified as a suspect in the attack of a federal judge family. Ron Den Hollander fatally shot Dan Andale, 20, the son of Judge Esther Salas, and injured her husband attorney, Mark Adele. At their New Jersey home on Sunday, Hollandale, who described himself as an anti-feminist, had a case pending before Salas challenging the U.S. military mail-only draft in 2015, the New York Times reports. Officers found Hollandale dead from a self-inflicted gunshot wound in a car in Rockland, New York. Next to him was a package addressed to Salas. Now, of course, I'm going to imagine right away people are going to want to know what the hell was in the package as of right now or as of the release of this episode. There was no such information. Now, interesting, because we did have a long discussion about this yesterday, and it was kind of the basis of the main stuff of the show. As you look at this, and he, okay, I know that he had a pending case. And Salas was challenging the U.S. military mail-only draft in 2015. But what the hell drives someone to go like this? And this is a deeper conversation. And let me explain. Because let's talk about it. 
It's happened throughout the years. We've seen, we've been involved or seen areas where shootings have occurred, where there has been employees that have not been content on what's going on inside of their work organizations. And they'll turn around and all of a sudden you have an active shooter event. They'll turn around and something will happen inside of the organization. People will say that they're going to plan something. So at some point, something had a click in this particular regards and say, okay, this is what's going on. And this gentleman, and we're going to use the term lightly, of course, decided to do this and go after this judge's family. Also decided that it was time to take his life after he did this. Now, multiple sides of the fence here. Keep in mind, too, that this is the judge that was involved with some stuff with Epstein. And I, that wording sounded terrible. Just want to bring that up. Um, so think about that as we talk about it. Because there's going to be the conspiracy theories out there because they're already there. Not a difficult thing to find. So what are you thinking here? Do you look at it and go, okay, yeah, the dude did it. And then he took himself out due to guilt. Like, why would you go to this extent Kill the son, injure the husband, and not do anything to the person you were after, and then take your own life. Now, please, I hope that this lady's still under 24-hour surveillance, and you know there's police officers with her. I mean, I want to make sure that I'm clear there. And I'm not saying, hey, why, would, why didn't he take her out? He should have taken her out, blah, blah, blah. But then he took his own life. Like, was it a level of guilt? I mean, we're never going to be able to answer the question. But we have to take a look at this and definitely have the convo of what the hell is going on. And I know that we can talk about this of, okay, this happens at this lady's house, but we also have to have the conversation at the same time and go, this potentially is some things that go on inside of work organizations when you have an active shooter. Something happens, it sets people off. Some people like to use the word triggers, triggers them triggers them and they decide to move forward and do these things. This is what we talk about, about mental health. This is what we talk about, about the stress that most safety professionals have as a job. And I know we're going one extreme to the other because it's easy to do, but you have to look at it. You more than likely in most organizations, if you're a safety pro, and your org does not center around safety and they kind of go, we'll talk about it, but it's not important. You're probably one of the most hated people inside of the whole joint. Let's just be real. Let's not sit here and lie because a lot of people like to go, nah, it's not that bad. It's not that bad. I like it. It's fantastic. Now, sometimes the shit sucks. You're the only one there. You're the good guy, you're the good gal, you're the bad guy, you're the bad gal, and people hate you. This happens. Let's just be realistic here. So how do you handle these situations where people don't get triggered, set off, and so on? 
What things are you putting into place to have these mental health conversations? Are you giving them resources that are potentially available? Are you having discussions that are open? Or how are you looking at a lot of this stuff? That's some of the conversations that we need to have from time to time. And how are you, yeah, you right there doing? How are you looking at some of this? How is your mental health? What are you doing to decompress? How are you being taken care of? And I mean that in a good way, because I know some people are going to run with that and say something else. It's easy to do. Only reason I say some of these things is I know how easy it is to do. Think about it. Oops. What did he just say? We at Safety FM don't always agree with the viewpoints of our hosts and guests. Now back to real safety talk on Safety FM. So let's talk about it right now because we're close enough to the story. So if you are struggling from any related mental health issues or suffering from depression, there's a phone number you can call. And that's 1-800-273-TALK. 1-800-273-TALK. Or 1-800-273-8255. Don't worry, we're not leaving the show yet. Just want to bring this up now because it's important. And I want to make sure we don't miss it. This is the phone number for the suicidepreventionlifeline.org. That's their website, suicidepreventionlifeline.org. You can go there 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And they're available there to help you if you are struggling of any kind of mental health issues at the moment or are contemplating suicide. The National Suicide Prevention Lifeline is a national network of local crisis centers that provides free and confidential emotional support to people in suicidal crisis or emotional distress 24 hours a day, seven days a week. They're committed to improving crisis services and advancing suicide prevention by empowering individuals in advancing professional best practices and building awareness. So. If you think you fall into that category and you don't want anybody to know what's going on, that's one of the best places you can go to. You can either call the number or you can go to the website. Keep in mind that they do not currently have a text number. No text number currently available. So something to think about. Anyways, let's get back, 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 back to some of the news stories because I think we need to talk about that. We really do. So let's do that. Anyways, have you heard this one? We talked about Walmart last week that they were going to be changing some things and you had to start wearing a mask when you went to Walmart stores nationwide. So here we go. Some more changes coming to Wally World. Walmart will be closed this Thanksgiving day. A monumental turnaround from the typical practice of kicking off Black Friday doorbusters on the holiday. The closures will affect all the company's Walmarts and Sam Club stores. Last year, Walmart opens its doors at 6 p.m. on Thanksgiving Day. So this year, they're changing it. So what are you thinking? Because I don't know, I think Black Friday, and we'll call it Black Friday, is going to be a lot more difficult this year than any other year. Because if social distancing is still going to be a thing, I don't know if it is, we're just having the convo. It's going to be hard to be inside of a store literally on top of each other. Trying to get the deal of the year for whatever the hell the deal of the year is. So what are you thinking? 
What's the thought process there? There's a lot to think about. A lot to overcome. But what are you thinking? Because I have no clue on what the thought is there. I mean, I'm glad that they're not going to be open on Thanksgiving Day because I think that's important. But also at the same time, too, how is this new social distancing thing going to look when it's all said and done? Think about it because I think it's important. For sure, I think it's important. But you already know that because I've already said it like 20 times that I think it's important. But didn't I say I thought it was important already? I don't know. During these unprecedented times, most of us don't want to speak up or rock the boat. We don't want to seem as if we're insensitive or selfish. And others take these times as an opportunity to be reckless and even negligent. Don't be taken advantage of wrong is wrong no matter what else is going on in the world. And if you need help, reach out to real trial lawyers. We'll be there to right the wrongs. Figer Law. Anyway, so that's what's going on out here in this world, in this multiverse of ours. So I want to talk to you about the main story. So let's talk about it. Here is our main story on the Rated R Safety Show. So as you probably noticed, we did kind of have a strange title for this episode today. And I don't even know what it is anymore. (laughs) Because those things happen from time to time. But yeah, the story or the titling is important. So I normally want to be honest with you about things that are going on. So I think it's time to to talk about it because I haven't done so. So I will do this right now. Not one of my better moments in life. But I've been spending some quality and quantity time with Alexa. And no, just in case you're wondering, that's not my wife's name. And why do I think that this is important? I don't know why I think that telling you this is important at the moment, but I wanted to share this with you. So here we go. A lot of people have contacted me over the last few weeks saying, we've noticed something different with you. And I'll have to tell you that Alexa has been the change in my life as of late. And why do I say this? Because she has opened my eyes into some things that... I never thought that they would be open to. And I probably should stop saying that name out loud because it's probably causing all kinds of weird stuff inside of your house if you have one of those Amazon devices. And just in case you were wondering, that's exactly what I'm talking about. So as you've noticed, I have changed my glasses over the last few weeks. But these are kind of a special edition. Now take a look if you're watching on the screen. And when I say Alexa, see the light come up? Yeah, they're now built into my frames. Yeah, I know, kind of weird, kind of dorky, but I wanted to talk about it. So yeah, these things have changed my life over the last little bit, and I mean that in a good way. And a lot of people are going to go, you have that thing on you 24 hours a day? No, because I do sleep, so I do take them off. But it is built into my frames. She's there 24 hours a day, seven days a week, as long as I decide to have her on. Anytime that I mention her name, she pops up and I can hear her on the frames itself. I know, kind of weird. But it's been interesting. A lot of things that I've been able to do with it. 
I know it kind of probably sounded a lot darker than what I was going to make it sound like when we first started the conversation, but I'm talking about these not because, number one, that Amazon's sponsoring the show today, because they're not, but I wanted to talk about this product because they are calling it an Echo Frame, and right now it is a test product. And no, there is no augmented reality inside of the glasses themselves. I think it's going to be interesting to see what things are going to happen in the near future. And I th- always look at some of these things as when I get to get get to try out some of these dork things, because they are kind of dorky, let's be real. There is only one design right now on how they work. No augmented reality, but it does have their assistant, Amazon's assistant, built into it. And anytime that I ask for anything, or the standard thing that you would do with an Echo system, it will actually trigger and answer questions and do things that it will control. So it's been kind of cool, and I know my glasses have looked different, and they're much bigger than what I'm accustomed to. But I will also say there has been some value there. They do have an open ear format, so when I am talking to other people, I can be listening to music, listening to podcasts, listening to the radio, doing anything that an Alexa skill can do, and still have that going on. Pretty interesting concept on how technology is changing now. Is it something major? Is it something life-changing at the moment? No, probably not. But it is a new aspect on things that can come about inside of this world of safety. Now think about this as we talk about it some more and more. I'm assuming at some point we'll see some safety glasses go down that path. We will see these frames kind of playing a factor, and there'll probably be some different variations as it moves forward. What kind of technology will we be able to use? Now, let's be real. It is mostly powered or triggered through my phone. It still has access to Siri, and it also still has access to anything else like Android devices, Google devices, by me touching the side of the lens. This is actually, or not the lens, or the frames. They're kind of active on how they work. I press a button here or answer the phone call. They do some different features depending on what ecosystem you're in. Less features in the iOS, more features in the Android device. But it's an interesting concept. And I am kind of a big dork when it comes to technology. So I look at this and go, what do you see inside of your system that something like this can be used? The other thing that they've been testing out now, meaning Amazon, is they have something called a loop. The loop is a ring that does some similar items for people that don't wear glasses. Do you see a validity to what is going on? Or do you look at this and go, you are letting this access your life 24-7. Now, there is a device here. There is a button on the side where you can turn off the microphone. (laughs) But whoever wants to turn off a microphone? Okay, just kidding on that one. But think about it. There's so many things that go on there that you can do and talk about. So as I look at this, do you see a value added to what's going on if you use this inside of your business? And I'm talking from a safety standpoint. Because there are the skills that the device uses, which is their versionality of an app. I mean, I could tell it right now, Alexa, open Safety FM app. And it'll do that. It'll do, it will do that. It will do that with this. It will do that as a skill. So it'll do that as a skill and it will talk to me and let me know what's going on. 
So something that I wanted to bring up today, I thought it was important because people kept on asking me about why the change in the glasses. That is the main reason. And I've been testing them and I like them. So if I like something, I want to tell you about it. Now, I will tell you that it is not a device that is open to the general public. You have to receive an invitation by Amazon to be able to get them now. And that is the same thing for the loop as well. So if you're interested in them, you can go to Amazon.com and do, I think it's called Echo Frames and the other one's called an Echo Loop, which is the ring. And you can request an invitation. There are in beta, so it does not necessarily mean that they're going to make it. I was actually lucky enough or blessed enough when the Alexa Echo or the Echo System, Amazon Echo, originally came out to be able to test that before it was released into the market. So... That is something that I thought was pretty interesting. Question coming in. What about the power source on your glasses? Any concern? There do have a standard plug that comes with the device that you plug in at night um, that you can give a test to, or you can actually charge them. Now, I will tell you, if you keep the sound kind of low and play stuff throughout the day, um, the battery will last. But if you're playing and answering phone calls and all that 24-7, um, you're probably going to get about a good three hours if you're doing it constant, constant, constant. If you just kind of use it infrequently, it'll last you through the whole day. So something to think about if you're interested in doing that. And believe me, no sponsorship here. We normally do a lot of stuff with them in Audible, not anything related to their products themselves. So wanted to bring that up. If you're interested, you're more than welcome to going to Amazon.com and taking a look there. Also, before I forget, because I know that I am very forgetful when it comes to certain things, I've not spoken about our contest that we currently have going on. Um, so we have a contest going on for the Safety FM Hop 101 class, the live virtual class that is taking place. We will be giving away those tickets on Monday here on the show. So you do still have time to enter. You just have to go to safetyfm.com forward slash contest and you can actually enter in right there on the website just click on the little button that says click enter this giveaway now and creep in mind you can enter in multiple times you can do it daily if you decide to do so we're going to be giving away three tickets for that bad boy anyways let's continue on with what we got going on here in the swampland minnesota representative omar <laughs> shouldn't necessarily expect smooth sailings into the primary win Competing Democrat Melton Mayox has r- racked in $3.2 million in recent campaign donations compared to the $471,600 by Omar over the same period. Melton Mayox is an attorney who says that Omar's comments disparaging Israel are not in line with his thinking. At the same time, the Sun reports that Omar's internal polling shows her 37 points ahead. So maybe there's a whole lot of fretch. Minnesota federal primaries will be held on August the 11th. Continuing down the path here, President Trump held his first coronavirus press briefing since April. During the presser, Trump stated his desire for Americans to wear to Americans, excuse me, to wear mask mask and face coverings in public when social distancing is not possible. Just yesterday, the commander in chief tweeted a photo of himself wearing a mask. Trump also warned everyone that the numbers used to measure the severity of the virus will likely get worse before it will get better, as discussed earlier by Feature Story News. He did reset that eventually this will pass and the virus will disappear from daily focus. The conference took place 
as lawmakers began negotiating the next phase of the coronavirus release legislation. This process will likely continue for the next couple of weeks until the expiration of the current unemployment benefits forces a resolution. But we kind of knew that that was going to happen. Anyway, Surgeon General Jerome Adams told Fox News that he supports President Trump's opposition to the nationwide mask wearing mandate. What? Didn't that just contradict what he just said? Anyway, saying he would rather educate Americans about masks than force everyone to wear one. Adams said, I would rather help people understand why they should cooperate with wearing a mask and how they benefit from its virus, or excuse me, how they benefit from very simple, simply saying, we are going to force you to do it, particularly sending it a federal troops and using federal mechanisms. What? What the hell's going on there? I don't know. I feel like I need another DJ air horn. Anyway, sorry about that. Got carried away. That happens. Anyways, let's go down the path here. Casting, casting, casting for the new Game of Thrones prequel. House of the Dragon has begun the HBO show, which is slated to be released in 2022. will focus on the rain of the family in the Seven Kingdoms and is set 300 years before the hit fantasy series, according to Entertainment Weekly. I never watched Game of Thrones, and a lot of people are always shocked when I say that. Was not interested in it. Not my thing. But hey, looks like there's more coming your way. And a lot of people I know hated the last season. That's all I know. NBC is planning for Saturday Night Live and cast and crew's safe return to Manhattan's 30 Rockefeller Plaza to start filming season 46. Producers are eager to get the show back together in time for the presidential election this fall, which will likely mean ditching the live studio audience. So that'll be interesting. I know a lot of people like that show. So hopefully that will take place. Anyways, the highly anticipated Tenet starring Robert Pattinson has been pushed back from its theatrical release to indefinitely. The film, which was supposed to be released this month, was already delayed to August. But in light of the surge of the coronavirus, Warner Brothers has decided it will be pushed back indefinitely. You know, I like Christopher Nolan. And having to wait for the movie kind of sucks. But hey, I understand that. But it is what it is. No control there. Blake Shelton and Gwen Stefani are releasing another duet. The country singer and his girlfriend will drop their new single, Happy Anywhere, later this week. They will also perform a new tune together on <laughs> today on Friday. Yeah, that's what happens when you pop the bottom of the desk, just in case if you saw me jump. Anyways, let me tell you about this because this is important news. I want to share this with you. Spotify and Universal Music Group strike a global licensing deal. Universal Music Group and streaming giant Spotify linked a multi-year global licensing pact on Wednesday. The deal will allow Universal, the world's largest record label, which reps the likes of Lady Gaga, Taylor Swift, Drake, and Kanye West, to promote its artists on Spotify platform and be an early adapter of streamers' new technology. Terms of the deal weren't disclosed. According to both companies, the partnership will give UMG the ability to deepen its leading role as an early adopter of future technology for Spotify platform and provide valuable feedback to Spotify's development team. The record company will also collaborate on state-of-the-art marketing campaigns across Spotify platforms. Spotify chairman and chief executive officer Daniel Eek said that the deal will help his company advance artists of all stages in their career. Both companies 
have massive reach. Spotify had 286 million users, including 130 million Spotify premium subscribers as of the end of March of 2020, in which available into 92 markets across the globe. UMG will, which is majority owned by Vividend, is planning to go public in the next three years. Vividend sold 10% of the UMG to a consortium led by a tenant holding for $3.3 billion. Yep. Universal. Just going to smile there and leave it at that. Anyways, Julia Roberts and Denzel Washington are set to reunite on the small screen. The actor who started together in the Pelican Brief back in 1993 are set to start a Netflix adaptation of Leave the World Behind in an upcoming novel of Runan Alam. So something if you're interested, just so letting you know that it is coming to Netflix. A rare rookie trading card featuring LeBron James sold for $1.8 million on Saturday at the Golden Auction. According to ESPN, the purchase set the record of modern-day card that was made back in 1979. Bidding at the eye began at $150,000. Holy monkeys, man. $150,000. Good for them. Good for them. Anyways, Dr. Fauci will throw out the, the ceremonial first pitch at opening day for the Nationals. The team said that they came across the decision because Dr. Fauci has been the true champion for our country during COVID-19 pandemic and throughout this distinguishing, his distinguished career. The Nats, really? That's what they go by? The Nats? I don't watch baseball. The Nats are set to host the New York Yankees on Thursday in D.C. Good to see what happens there. The New York Jets and the Giants will be playing to an empty stadium during home games this fall. In a joint statement on Twitter, <laughs> the two New York teams announced that they have made the decision that after the New Jersey cover, Governor Phil Murphy issued the executive order of limited, limiting outdoor public gatherings. In addition to not being able to attend home games, fans will also be banned from the team's 2020 training camps and practices. So I guess that's a good decision to make there. So before we get into the days of the year that you can celebrate, let's talk about some birthdays today. Selena Gomez, you ready for this? Turns 28 today. Professional wrestler. Shawn Michaels turns 55. John Leguizamo turns 56. David Spade, 56 as well. Alex Trebek turns 80. Glad to see that he's still around and kicking. I think that's important. And then just for you to know, a couple things that have happened in 2019. Well, let's talk about 2003 first. 2003, Sam, Saddam Hussein's son, Uday Goswals, are killed in a bombing raid by a strike by a strike, courtesy of the 101 First Airborne. Other casualties include the son and bodyguard. Anyways, in 2019, Marvel Films' Avenger Endgame became the highest grossing film in the world, earning $2.8 billion. The spot was held by Avatar, which had $2.7 million. Billion, billion, billion dollars. Anyways, let's talk about the end here. Let's talk about the days of the year that you can celebrate today. National Hammock Day. National Rat Catcher Day and National Hot Dog Day. Hot dog, hot dog, hot diggity dog. Anyways, this brings this show to an end. We will be back tomorrow, Thursday. So 
Just as we always talk about, we'd like to talk about some different things. If you get a chance, please go to missingkids.org for more information on what's going on out there in the world where kids are being kidnapped, misplaced, or even sex trafficked. If you go to missingkids.org, please take a look at the website and what they have available to offer. Anyways, you have been listening to the Rated R Safety Show exclusively on safetyfm.com and on Safety FM TV. Safety FM is the home of real safety talk. Anyways, I know who you are. You know who I am. Love you, mean it, and goodbye. Duh. The views and opinions expressed on this podcast are those of the host and its guest and do not necessarily reflect the official policy or position of the company. Examples of analysis discussed within this podcast are only examples. They should not be utilized in the real world as the only solution available as they are based only on very limited and dated open source information. Assumptions made within this analysis are not reflective of the position of the company. No part of this podcast may be reproduced, stored in a retrieval system, or transmitted in any form or by any means, mechanical, electronic, recording, or otherwise without prior written permission of the creator of the podcast, Jay Allen.